Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Daydon Tolbert. I'm excited to be here tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about a show that Courtney and I have been talking about, probably doing for at least, I want to say at least six months now. We've been talking and talking and talking about it, um, but now it's finally here. Um, you know, after the holidays and everything, you know, things get a little bit behind, and, you know, we start talking about other things. But uh, reality TV, guys, is something that is, um, you know, really uh, captivated the, you know, entire world and in fact over the last i'd say about you know five to ten years and um you know when we look at the black community um, a lot of our issues can actually be seen uh played out on the small screen week week in and uh you know week out and you know what we want to do tonight is talk about you know um you know obviously you know people say they're fake and you know they're scripted and you know it's just buffoonery and, and you know many of those things are true uh, but what we like to do here on this show is use certain uh, situations uh, that, that, you know, that people on a large scale can relate to and, and use them as teaching tools to say, okay, yes, you know, this is buffoonery. Yes, this fight happened. You know, yes, these people are obviously putting themselves in un- unhealthy situations. But these are some lessons that can be learned. These are some ways that uh, you guys can help uh, avoid these same types of situations uh, from happening to you. So, uh, that's what we're going to be doing tonight. Uh, tonight's actual topic is really how to avoid, you know, being the other woman. If you look at some of these reality shows, um, many of them, in fact, most of them, and, and m- many of the the main storylines actually revolve around, um, you know, love triangles, um, revolve around, you know, women subjecting themselves to, you know, liars, dogs, cheaters, and players, and you know, being cheated on and, you know, being the, the, the baby's mom and, you know, the baby mama drama, all that type of stuff. And, you know, these are actual real-life situations that I know me personally, you know, I help women to overcome every day. And I'm sure many people um, listening around the world right now can relate to on, on some level. So uh, tonight we want to talk about the Housewives of Atlanta. We want to talk about Love and Hip Hop New York. We're going to talk about Marrying the Game, the Kardashians, uh, T.I. and Tiny, you know, some of the most popular shows that are out there are, are really good teaching tools, so uh, that's what we're going to do uh, for a little bit this evening. Uh, you guys are welcome to call in with any types of comments or feedback. I know these are pretty popular shows, um, you know, in our community. Uh, it's definitely 646-200-0366. The lines are always open, you know, anytime that we're live. Just hit the number one on your keypad if you have anything to, uh, you know, to add to the discussion. Courtney is here with me tonight. Courtney, how are you this evening? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, you know, you and I, we took a couple days off, had a pretty good show the other night um, where we were talking about, um, well, we've been talking about a lot of good things lately. I mean, the last few weeks, if you guys are, uh, you know, familiar, if you guys, you know, are avid listeners of the Data on Tolbert show, you know, we've been doing some pretty, uh, you know, deep shows. We obviously did our um, our Grammy special where we dissected, um, you know, some of the performances and the artists and the imagery and, and symbolism that could, you know, was found in, uh, you know, in many of them. Um, you know, just a lot. Of, I mean, I just, I'm just looking at some of the past shows. I would just say, look, you know, in the interest of time, uh, definitely just if you missed any shows over the last few weeks, check out the archives on iTunes or at uh, DadonTolbertShow.com. Most recently, we were last live talking about the perfect wife on Saturday night, 
which um, you know a lot of people have expressed a uh, you know an interest in. A lot of people have expressed thanks, you know, for me having you know James, Lewis, Marv, you know myself, and even Courtney to add a different perspective than what you know is is, is commonly you know seen out here, you know, portrayed in the media. You know, you don't often hear men talking about from a realistic standpoint, from a godly standpoint even, you know, what they look for in a wife, what what will actually make that man get down on one knee and, and propose to you. So that was Saturday night. If you guys missed it, if you were out on a date or, you know, somewhere else, you definitely want to make sure you, uh, you know, you stay up to date with these shows because every, you know, every show is going to contain some really important information. Courtney, any uh, any feedback on um, our our special on the perfect wife? Oh, it, that was an excellent show. It was so good because you know it just featured men that just brought um, you know a lot of different perspectives, and it was just uh, it was really good because it was unlike what I probably would have seen on TV. You know. Um, just piggybacking off of what you were saying, just how, um, you know, unrealistic it it is as far as the TV shows um, and how they want you to think that, how they want you to believe that black men believe a certain way um, about black women. You know, the misconceptions were cleared in the show. So it's not all about, you know, how well you can cook and clean a house, you know, but it's about the more important qualities, the inner qualities. And um, it was just very good. And I, I received a lot of great feedback on the show. A lot of people enjoyed it. I know a lot of people were taking notes as well. So I appreciated the show. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And, and one thing I was thinking about, I came across a video on YouTube from a few years ago where Steve Harvey was speaking about, um, you know, I think it was right around the time where he came out with Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. Actually, I think the new book was actually about to come out at that point. And he was talking about, you know, just black men. You know, I remember he was encouraging black men, or excuse me, black women to date older men. She was saying, you know, he was saying, like, if you're a 35-year-old woman, you know, 30, 35, even 40, you know, it, it may be best to think outside the box and, you know, and date, you know, over 40-year-old men, 50-year-old men even, because, you know, men of the younger generation, you know, the 20s and 30s, they, they you know, don't have manners. They are uneducated. They, you know, don't know how to treat women. And I was just like, you know, like, wow, I was just actually uh, flabbergasted at that because, you know, this is a black man. This is, you know, someone who has a voice that reaches, you know, millions of people every day, and it's sending a message Basically, that's saying there are no good men, you know, in that demographic of, of you know, 30, 25 to 35, and it's just, which is absolutely ridiculous. So one of the things that we try to do is really just help you guys understand that it's not about statistics. It's not about these, you know, these numbers of, of men who are in jail and, you know, uh, not graduating from school and dead or in the streets or gay or, you know, all that is ridiculous. You know, at the end of the day, it's about you and what the word says about, uh, you know, what you can have when you uh, delight yourself in the Lord, you know, achieving the desires of your heart. See, those are the little things that statistics really don't have anything to do with. 
You know what I'm saying? You could be in Alaska, you could be in Wisconsin, you could be in Mississippi. It doesn't matter where you are or what the demographic is, the population is. Statistics say it has everything to do with you and your level of emotional availability. Whether we're talking about reality TV, whether we're talking about someone in your hometown, it's all about how you view yourself which will determine how these men are viewing you. So that's what we want to talk about tonight. We're going to use some of these very popular TV shows to illustrate that, you know, as far as what you should expect, you know, and, and what you should not settle for, um, you know, as far as, um, you know, just as far as love, as far as respectability. All right, so that's what we're going to do tonight. <clears throat> I wanted to, uh, one of the things, that, you know, I was we've been talking about doing this for a little bit, but what really was the catalyst to me, you know, pulling the trigger and say, okay, you know, we got to talk about this, like, you know, this week is because uh, last night I know that the Love & Hip Hop reunion was on, part one of it, you know, and I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. I know you're not really into the show, Courtney, Did you? but did you ca- happen to catch it? Did you see it at all? Like five minutes, <laughs> so I didn't. I really didn't watch it. I was flipping through channels. <clears throat> what the parts of it that you did see? What were your thoughts? Well, and I'm just gonna real quick. I did, and I, and I'm sorry, real quick, Courtney. I'm sorry, and I'm just gonna humor you, you know, and go along with your BS because everyone knows it's like, come on, Courtney, you know you were watching it. So, we're, but we'll just. For the sake of the moment, pretend like you're telling the truth, like you only watched five minutes of it. What, what did you think for the five minutes of that you, that you watched? Really? <laughs> I actually did watch only five minutes of it. But I it um I saw the scene when, um, what's her name, Tara was on stage with Peter Gunn. And it was just actually ridiculous. Um, it was just obvious that, you know, she's still in love with him, but she's trying to put up a front as if she's not or as if she's tough. Um, but it, it's so obvious that, you know, she's still in love with him. And it's obvious that he still has her wrapped around his finger. Um, that was very apparent. Absolutely. One of the things that I posted on Facebook right around the time when that was on was I said, ladies, if a man is dealing with you, Okay, because really keep in mind, we're talking tonight about how to avoid being the other woman. You guys got to really look at that because every woman on these shows, and we'll illustrate that tonight, really is the other woman on some level. doesn't matter what show we're talking about. And, we'll, and I'll tell you why, I, you know, why I say that as we go, you know, as we go through it. But, you know, if a man is dealing with you on and off as they were for 13 years, all right, ladies, you got to understand, you are the other woman. Now, this is, you know, someone who thought that she had a man who loved her, who was going to commit to her, who was going to spend the rest of his life just because they had a child, just because they had time, ladies. But what you got to realize is time isn't always on your side. Time isn't always a good thing. Yeah, you have time invested. That, uh, in many cases for women, that's like, oh, we have time. We have years. But for men, the longer we're with you, the more we don't want to be with you. Do you guys know that? That's how men are different. Men and women are different in that respect. You know, you guys, you know, get more emotionally attached to us where we become emotionally detached the more time we spend with you without a commitment. 
And when I say without a commitment, I mean marriage. I mean, like, you know, a ring. I mean planning a wedding. All that other stuff is just a waste of time. You know what I'm saying? Like, wait, let me just break it down a little bit for you. You know, what, what you got to understand is when we see something that we want as men, we go after it. Right? That's just what we do, whether it's the new PlayStation 4, whether it's a car, you know, whether it's a, you know, I mean, it, I, I just bought a new car today. You know what I'm saying? This is just something that I, you know, wanted to do. You know, I saw it, I went after, boom, got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just what we what we as men, how we operate. We don't waste time. We move, you know, quickly. And for whatever reason, and women will even see that about us. You know what I'm saying? You guys will see that we're go-getters. You will see that we're ambitious in certain aspects of our lives. But for whatever reason, you'll, you'll, you'll see how we interact with you and say, oh, it must be. That's just with that stuff. Yeah, he's ambitious with that, He, but, you know, when it comes to me, we need to take it slow. He's just letting it. No, nah, no, nah, he's not letting anything. So if he's not moving fast with you, if he's not going after you, if he's not pursuing, well, I shouldn't say, you know, I don't like that word. It's not about pursuit because that implies that you're running away. You're trying to, it's, but if he's not passionate about making, you know, taking your relationship to the next level at whatever level you're at, what I mean by that is if you meet, and you're interested in each other, if he's not passionate about wifing you up, getting into a relationship, if you're already in a relationship, if he's not passionate about, you know, getting engaged, and, and, you know, and if you're engaged, if he's not passionate about planning the wedding, like all these things are very, very, very clear signs that he is not, you know, viewing you in that way. And on and this is what a lot of women will ask me and have asked me, well, they don't hurt, I hear you, but, you know, if he's if you know why would he do that? Why would a man stay with a woman for thirteen years, for five years, for three years, for any amount of years, but not be serious about her? I said it's very simple. You know, it's that he's not with you. See, that's the thing. A lot of women they 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 ask that question as if they're actually with that man. You see, what men do is we do just enough. You know, when we're viewing you in that way, we do just enough to say, hmm, yeah, I can get her to this point, you know, but what do I have to do to keep her from walking away? What do I, can I do just enough to say, hmm, you know what, she ain't going nowhere. Once we get you to that point, we got you. And so it's all about recognizing, ladies, when you're being viewed in that manner so you don't have to be, you know, the target of those types of games. Because a man will tell you everything in the world. These men are fast talkers. Matter of fact, Courtney, you ever dealt with a fast talker, a slick talker? Somebody could just say the right things at the right moment to keep you from walking away. Not to really keep take it to that next level, but just enough to keep you from walking away. Of course. Yep, I have. Right. And that's that's what a lot of women are dealing with right now. They, they, they're dealing with the fast talkers as opposed to the... The, the the power move makers, you know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about the talk. I'm talking about the men who actually show up with the ring. I was talking to a young woman today that I work with uh, through private counseling, and, and she said, "Well, you know, I just don't understand. I just don't understand why he would why he would go to the extreme." I said, "Well, what what extreme did he go to?" She said, "I just don't see why he would, you know, talk to me for." 
you know, for hours and tell me all these things and, you know, and show up at my house, you know, unannounced. I said, ladies, you got to understand, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's, in many cases, that's actually fun for these men. You know, it's a turn on. It's, you know, it's a rush. You know, if you block him, you know, block your number, or you, you know, you delete him off Facebook. So to try to make it impossible for him to get in touch with you, that doesn't mean, I mean, these men play, you know, black ops, you know, and all these like super mystery games and war games and fighting games that where you got to go through multiple levels just to try to succeed. And I mean, that's what we do in our free, in our spare time. That's what we do for fun. You know, what better, you know, form of entertainment than actually doing that type of stuff in real life. I'm sure if they made a, a a video game where you could, you know, play with the emotions of a woman's heart and, you know, have sex with her and get that rush and, you know, I mean, it, it would be a bestseller. You know, these men do this stuff for fun. And, and all I'm saying is, ladies, you got to take yourself out of the game cube. You know what I'm saying? Like, remove yourself from the equation. You know, I mean, Cordy, you, you, I'm sure you, you know what it's like to have your heart played with. Yes, I do. Just the um, emotional roller coasters or the ups and I should say the perceived ups <laughs> and um, downs and, you know, um, him chasing after me and me thinking, oh, well, he's gone throughout all of this, so, you know, he must um, have changed. You know, he's he's a changed man and I should give him another shot, and then the next thing I know, I'm having sex with him. And then once that happens, it's back to how it used to be, you know, and it was just the same cycle over and over and over again. And so that's where a lot of women, they get caught up. They get caught up in, you know, men playing those games. And we just really have to, like you said, just really see it for what it is. Like a man that really cares about you is not going to play games with you. Right. A lot of, you know, I posted uh, the other day on my Facebook page that, you know, God is not the the author of confusion. So, I mean, that really is a very powerful, it's a very simple statement, but a very powerful uh, statement because what it's saying is that if you're confused about your situation, if you don't know what's going on, if you're, you know, uncertain about his intentions towards you, that's a pretty clear sign that there is no intentions towards you, you know, not, none that's positive at least. You know, and so, you know, if you just think, I mean, that's very so. If you're confused, then that means he doesn't want to be with you because when a man is serious about you, he's going to do everything in his power so that you're not confused. That's the whole point of what we do. We make it so that you're not confused. We make it so that there is no chance, you know, of you you know, not knowing the next stage, all right? So think about that. So if you look at back at Love and Hip Hop, we look at Peter Guns and Tara. You know, there were all types of up and ups and downs, ups and downs. This dude, is, you know, he's a funny dude, you know? He's a real funny dude. This guy straight up married, you know, Amina. This is someone that he was with. He was with Tara for like 13 years. And she would have said yes to a marriage proposal at the drop of a dime, a drop of a hat. You know what I'm saying? And he never did it because the reality is he never wanted to be with her. And if you know, somebody would say, well, dang, well, how could he not only just be with this new chick but marry her so quickly? That's 
I mean, obviously he's a weirdo, he's a psycho, he's the epitome of a non-elite man. But the point is a man is a man. As I said earlier, when we see something we want, we go after it. Whether we're talking about a man of God, whether you're talking about the scum of the earth, men are going to do what men do, and that's go after what they want. Peter Guns wanted, you know, Amina. Now, is that to say that he's going to treat her right and he's going to, I mean, you know, probably not, and, you know, who knows. But the point, you guys get my point. He got what he wanted. And she's what he wanted right now, and so he married her. And so you really got to look at that type of stuff, you know, and just don't be, really you don't want to be either one of those, you know, women. You know, I'm not saying that she's in an ideal situation because clearly she's not, you know, neither one of them is. But you see what I'm saying? You don't want to just be dealing with a man who is clearly in that player stage. He even said on the reunion show, he was like, look, I, I really don't know. I never knew how to be. Exclusive. I never knew how to be monogamous. I wasn't taught that. You know what I'm saying? Like I just, you know, I was that guy who was always a player, and he's still a player. You know, which is fine. You know, a lot of women, you know, they they stress themselves out about you know trying to understand the 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 mind of a player. In fact, I mean, you know, and we'll help you with that. We just did a show. What was that? Two weeks ago. You know, on you know men in the player stage where we talked about Peter Guns. A little scrappy, and a lot of these reality show guys, and you know, just men in general who are clearly in the player stage, you know. But it's not really about understanding it because there's a lot. I was telling someone today, there's a lot of things that will happen in life that you'll never understand. I mean, you can't understand, you know, why someone would kill a child, and you can't understand why someone would. You know, you know, just go into a mall and start shooting. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just you can't understand that because that would mean that you would be crazy. You'd have to think like a crazy person. You know, if you're not crazy, you can't do that. So it's not always about understanding. It's just about protecting. It's about protecting yourself from those types of men who have those types of mentalities, those types of uh, behavioral patterns. All right. In fact, I said online, um, you know. In order to find love, because isn't that what we're here for? You know, that's what we're all, we're all here for, is, is to find love. So what I said was the first step in, in that, well, two things. The first step in finding love is first both admitting that you want and you need it. Okay, a lot of people have developed that, you know, because of what they've been through. Oh, I don't need a man or I don't need love and I'm okay being by myself. You'll never have love if you have that mentality. That's the first thing. You've got to admit that you want it. And that you need it. That can be uncomfortable for many women, saying they need something. They've grown up, you know, in many cases without a father, without, you know, ever having true love, you know, in fact, having the opposite. So they say, well, I don't need anything. Well, no, you, you actually do. The Bible actually confirms that, that we all need love because it says without love, you're, you're just like a weirdo. You're a loser. You know, it says you're like a clanging cymbal. You know, it says it doesn't matter if you can tell, and I'm paraphrasing, but you can you can know everything, have all knowledge, prophesy everything, but without love, you're you know you're worthless. So, and that goes for everyone. We're all worthless. Adam was incomplete because he had uh, you know no love in his life. That's why God created Eve. So, I mean, you know, we all men and women are worthless. Without love, and the, again, the Bible confirms that for all the happily single women out there, you know what I'm saying, Courtney. You were one of those women at one point who who uh, classified themselves as, as being happily single. 
Yeah. <laughs> wow. Kind of laughing out of embarrassment, but <laughs> yes, I I was. I was. I used to tell people, you know, I'm doing me and trying to make it seem like it was just one big party. And I, in reality, I was miserable. Like, I would go out and party and have a good time and, you know, make it seem like nothing bothered me. But when I came home, like, I would be crying myself to sleep. You know, it was just miserable um, trying to put on a front for people and, you know, just trying to play those games. And I'm so happy I finally come to the point where I, you know, I've told myself that I both want and need love. Because you're right, you do have to admit that to yourself. There's nothing wrong with admitting it. I think, I don't know if people think it makes them weak to admit that, but it doesn't. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Right. A lot of a lot of times I, I encounter women who have a problem with vulnerability. You know, in many cases, you know, you look at, you know, women who've been molested, women who've been abused, and, and a lot of this stuff is going unreported, you know, undealt with. And, you know, so, you know, they had to be strong. They had to, you know, fight, you know, women, fight men growing up. You know, and so a lot of times you, you know, you, you, you have that wall up. You have that defense mechanism already set in place for whatever that come you know may come in front of you but when it comes to love you really got to let that go you know you you have to be vulnerable you have to be you have to let the guard down otherwise you know people are going to walk into a wall who wants to walk into a wall and bump their head you know if somebody's going to you know a wall is is going to keep everything out it's going to keep out the good people it's going to keep out the bad people it's going to keep everybody out it's going to keep out family it's going to keep out friends you know, yeah, it'll keep out the criminals, but what about the the loved ones that want to come in? A wall is a wall. So you really got to look at it from that perspective. These men aren't trying. That's what we talked about on uh, on Saturday night, talking about the perfect wife in regards to emotional availability. That's what you you know these advertisements that you guys see advertised. Courtney puts up. I put up. That's what we do is we we focus on you know an emotional availability assessment that's specifically designed to get the wall down. So that you can, um, you know, have the the type of life that you, uh, you know, that you want. Uh, so that's the first thing is, is admitting that you both want and, and need it. Because remember, in going back to these shows, you look at the love and hip hop. You look at, you know, some of these other, uh, you know, uh, couples and situations. I mean, these are all seriously guarded women, emotionally unavailable women. You know, Evelyn, you know, and Chad. I mean, we did a whole show. I don't know if you guys remember all this stuff we talked about it, like that whole headbutt, like when that when the stuff hit the fan, that was just like last year. We talked about them, you know, three years ago. We predicted all of that. Me, Gerald, like this is stuff that that's documented. You know what I'm saying? I we I specifically said, you know, watch them because the level of emotional unavailability of Evelyn, you know, and the the crazy, you know, non elite. Man, nature of of Chad Ochocinco, you know, as, as he was known at the time. I said, I said, something catastrophic is going to happen. I said that. I, I mean, I remember saying it just as short as I'm sitting here right now. I said it's not going to be something that they're just going to break up and they're just going to go their separate ways. And, you know, we say that. And I said, Gerald said it. You know, I said it. I said we're gonna we're gonna witness, you know, disaster. And I I'll say the same thing with Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. It's not. I'm telling y'all now, 
So watch out the next couple of years. I mean, something catastrophic is going to happen. You know, I mean, and it's, it's inevitable. And so, I mean, I'm not wishing bad. I'm just saying there's you cannot base a relationship, you know, a successful relationship, one, that's not rooted in Christ, you know, two, that's where you have a, a, an emotionally unavailable woman and, a, you know, a, a non-elite man. That's That's like grounds for, like, disaster right there, you know, so... Think about things, but the second thing that I was uh, that I was saying in regards to just love is, I said that in order to find love, you have to first forgive the one who once broke your heart. What am I talking about? Now, Corey, I mean, you know, I mean, you're a good example of this, actually. You know, and many other women, you know, can relate as well. There's usually one guy. Yeah, you know, you dated this guy, you dated that guy, you were with him, you were, you know, broke up. Maybe even married, but for most women that I've and I've worked with hundreds of women over the years, for most women, there's usually that one guy that really did a number on them, you know. And you guys know who I'm talking about. It's like always that one. It's like other ones may have hurt you, but it, usually the the other guys are actually a result of that the the heartbreak and the emotional unavailability caused by that one guy. I don't care if it was last year, I don't care if it was 7 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. You know who I'm talking about. And it's not always that guy who took your virginity either. You know? A lot of times it's just that one guy who you just happen to deal with for a year and a half, 2 years on and you know what I'm saying? You guys know and that's the guy that when I work with women privately, we we often have to focus on because a lot of women, they reach out because of the guy they're dealing with now or the guy that they just got out of. But that's not the problem. That's an effect or a result of the problem. We got to get to the root of the problem, which for many women is that guy that they're still, you know, uh, guarded about, still heartbroken about, that they never really got over. You know, the reason why some of these men are able to look at them and say, oh, you have unresolved issues, you have baggage, so I'm not going to treat you, you know, the way you want to be treated. In fact, I'm going to target you, and that, you know, we got to deal with that. You know anything about having that one guy, Courtney? Of course I do, yes. Um, That's something that I can definitely relate to. What I will say, in addition to what you just said, is, yeah, I mean, that's a part of it, you know, not letting go of, you know, what that man did to you. But another piece of it is not forgiving yourself for dealing with that man. I know a lot of women, including myself, have just dealt with that, just, um, you know, beating yourself up for just even being in a situation in the first place and just saying, how could I be so, you know, stupid for dealing with, you know, this person and how did I allow myself to be treated that way? So as a result, you know, you start to just really talk badly about yourself and that assists in the low self-esteem and assists in the, the baggage that you're carrying. It's like you just beating yourself up. And people can right. see that. And that's what you just said is the most important thing. You said that and people can see that, and you're absolutely right. They can, and they will. It's not something you can hide, ladies. A lot of women are, are single. Their Facebook page says single. But in many cases, they're still, like you said earlier, crying themselves to sleep, you know, dealing with hurt, pain, and resentment. Uh, one of the best shows that we've ever done um, here was it was a couple of years ago, you know, on that. It might even be time to revisit resentment, 
You know, just Google resentment on the Data on Tolbert show where we literally took Beyonce's song um, and actually dissected the lyrics, um, you know, of that. You know, and um, it was an all-time classic show just because it's it's what many women can really relate to um, in regards to that one guy who just did a number on him, and that's the guy that has to be forgiven. In fact, I mean, you look at Tara and, you know, and Peter Guns. I mean, you know, she's out here trying to date, you know, and we'll talk about, you know, what some of the things that we saw on the show. But, you know, trying to date, not only when you have unresolved issues that are internal, I mean, this you're letting your life play out in front of the cameras, and this is someone who's still dating, like, you know what I'm saying, still trying to get back out there as if these men are idiots, as if these men don't know, like, okay, you, you're dealing with Peter Guns. Like, you're still in love with this guy. Like, you were just on TV last week, you know, like, crying about this guy. So, hmm, let me just go ahead and knowingly cut off, knowing that, cut off all these other women, you know, deal, go with you on a date, and really think that we have some type of future? Ladies, that's, I mean, that that's ludicrous. I mean, that would make no sense whatsoever for any man in his right mind to do. No one is going, we as men have certain fears. We're not afraid of commitment, but we're afraid of committing to an emotionally unavailable woman that's going to result in our lives being significantly, you know, changed and altered over the next, you know, 30, 40 years. That's the fear. So the moment that we see the red flags, the moment that we see anything that would indicate that you're not 100% available to give your heart and to receive my heart, these guys are either gone or they're just immediately putting you into the jump-off category. And what makes matters worse is what, what a lot of women do is, I don't know what it is, I mean, it's, it's actually very sad. I mean, if you look at that one episode, like maybe a couple episodes ago, you know, she was like, all right, I just want to get out there. I just want to, you know, try something different. So a lot of times these women, and I'll tell you something, Tara is the type of woman who, you know, from what I've seen with her on the show, just it's unfortunate because when she, when things were, when she was like chilling, she seemed to be very classy, very educated, very well-spoken, never really saw her dressing slutty or anything like that. But interestingly enough, you know, when she decided that she wanted to just put herself out there, she, you know, started hanging out with, you know, hoes, you know, like Yandy and like some of these other chicks, you know, who are obviously bad, you know, uh, what's it, K. Michelle, you know, they start, they put her in some type of stripper outfit, some type of hoe attire, put on this ridiculous long blonde wig, you know, and, and it, I, and I hope I wanted. I'm glad they did that because I'm, I'm glad you guys got an opportunity to see what actually happens. You know, a lot of women, after getting their hearts broken, they go ahead and become hoes. They go out outside of their character, outside of their norm, and they meet. They go out with somebody with a nice body, a nice handsome, you know, face. Go ahead, saying the right things, and in many cases, they go out and sleep with them. Hmm. Where do I, why does that sound familiar? Oh, I know, one of the most popular movies of all time, it actually happened right there, Waiting to Exhale. Angela Bassett, you know, got her heart broken by the dude, got cheated on, went off, chopped all her hair off, went and had a one-night stand with the dude at the restaurant, 
you know, and, and just made herself a hoe specifically because of the immaturity of another man. You know, look what look what Tara did. Shows up on the reunion show, chopped all her hair off. You know, before went and put on a blonde wig, was all kissing the dude on the first date. Now, they didn't show it, but I mean, who knows what happened with them? I think we can all use our imaginations and say, I'm pretty sure she slept with somebody other than Peter Guns since she stopped dealing with Peter Guns. I don't think anybody would say that's out of the question based on what we saw in the show. And so I think we all got to just look at it and say, wow, learn something from that. You know, don't learn, don't turn to the bed of another man to take your mind off of the one who broke your heart. That's a good post right there. That's a good Facebook post, man. You guys might see that in in the new book, man, How to Win the Heart of an Elite Man in 365 Days or Less. A lot of that type of advice in there. You know, look out for that this summer. But that's, I mean, that's, that's what most women do. It's sad to say. I had a lot of women who used to deal with me, good girls. You know what I mean? I only dealt with the good girls. You know, the women who slept with, like, only two or three guys. You know what I mean? Five or six guys. You know, under ten men, respectable, classy. Next thing you know, for whatever reason, things went awry. These chicks out there in the clubs, they're out there. I'm, you know, I see different things. I'm like, whoa, who are you? Like, that's, I see it. I'm just saying, don't be that, you know, don't be that woman, ladies. Don't don't go from, you know, two to three partners, and the next thing you know, you get your heart broken. Next thing you know, you at like 13, 14 in, in the course of a year and a half or, or even less. It's not worth it. Am I lying? No, not at all. But I was tempted to do that, though. What? I was, yes. I was tempted to. <laughs> I love how you say it. <laughs> You're I got that from Aubrey. Oh, but, That's how Aubrey be. That's how Aubrey be real quick. I'd be like, I'd be, I'd be like, yo, what, what, Aubrey, what are you, um, what are you doing? She'd be like, nothing. I'd be like, don't do that. She'd be like, what? I'd be like, yo, where, where, where she get? I don't know where she. Where she? She'd be like, what? It's kind of funny. You have to see it. You have to really be there to see, like, the timing of it be perfect. Like, it should get us, too. And we're just, it's, yeah, it's hilarious. But anyway, I just felt like doing it. I'm channeling my inner Aubrey right now. But I'm sorry, Corey. What were you saying? <laughs> that was funny. Um, no, I was just saying I was tempted to become a hoe because that's actually, like, at, after I got my heart broken, I actually told the guy I was going to become a hoe. <laughs> I actually said that, and I'm surprised. I I'm really surprised I didn't, but um, I was tempted to to do that. But I did um, what Tara did: chopped all my hair off, got like a really short haircut, was all in the club dancing on everybody, and so the temptation really was there. Um, and I think what saved me, to be honest, was the fact that I was still living at home, and um, had I had my own place at the time the story probably would have been completely different. Um, my number of partners wouldn't have been two at all. might have been ten. So I'm actually thankful yeah, that things played know, out the way that they did. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's a blessing. I'll be honest with you, Courtney. I mean, I, you know, you're you're very special because, I mean, most women that I've ever met who've who've had the experiences that you have, have that have had, 
the heartbreak, that have had the emotions being toyed with and played with and, and even have played the, um, the level of games that you played back in the day and, and are even around to be able to share the stories and to help, you know, through private counseling. I mean, I'm actually surprised um, that you that you have not done those things because the vast majority, I'm talking about hundreds, and I, I'm not knocking any of those women because, you know, anyone can change, but I'm just saying I'm surprised that you're not one of those women who's, who's had to overcome a promiscuous past, uh, you know, and again, I want to be clear about that. You know, it is very possible. I've personally helped many women with, with promiscuous past b- become wives. That's why I've been in business for 10 years. You know, this is our 10-year anniversary year. I mean, this is what I do. But, you know, I. that being said, you know, don't be the one, you know, making the mistake, you know, to don't you know what I'm saying to have to learn from that mistake. You can learn from mistakes without necessarily being the one who's made them. All right, that's why we do these shows. That's why we share the stories so you can hear and see, you know, what men used to do, what women used to do, and and had to deal with the effects of. And that's why we tell these stories. Um, but yeah, so like she said, I mean, Courtney knows cutting the hair off. Ladies, let me just tell something. Don't do that. Please don't do that. I said online earlier, I mean, Tara, and I said at the beginning of this season, I was like, wow. I said, Tara, she's actually, uh, in my opinion, like very beautiful, a very beautiful woman. Like just, you know, from what it appeared in the beginning of the show, you know, nice uh, natural hair, you know, had that, um, you know, relatively, uh, you know, low level of, of makeup, you know, just kind of dressed classy, well-spoken. I mean, I was like, wow, I was actually kind of impressed and surprised that, you know, someone like that would be, you know, a part of a show like that. But looks like I gave her a little bit too much credit. Uh, but all that being said, just from a physical perspective, she went ahead and cut all her hair off. And I was like, wow, it's just not, I said online, it's just not a good look. That, that short haircut wasn't working on her. I mean, it's cool for some people, but, ladies, you got to know what works for you. All right, just know what works for you. You know what I mean? Some things, everything isn't for everybody. Men like, and let me just say this. I'm going to say this real quick. I might get in trouble, but, you know, I'm going to be honest with y'all. <clears throat> I don't know what it is. A lot of women, they they, they have it half right. They they think that, oh, men like long hair, which is generally, in my experience, very true. Most men I know prefer women with long hair. I'm not going to lie to y'all. You know, y'all might be mad at me. But you, you can be. I'm still going to be real with you. Most men that I've ever met, in fact, to be honest, I've never met a man who prefers a woman with short hair over long hair. Will some men deal with it? Yeah. But I've never ever met a man that I know of that prefers a short-haired woman over a long-haired woman. That being said, the key word in this whole equation is real. No one wants the weave, okay? And so what a lot of women will do is they say, well, because my hair might not grow, I'm not familiar with how to get it to grow, my hair isn't, you know, that texture or whatever, let me just, you know, put on this wig, let me put on this weave, and then I'll kill two birds with one stone, make myself feel better, and give men what they want. No, men want, if it's real, it's real. If it's long, it's long. That's great, but it has to be yours, and so don't don't do that. And so Tara, she just took it, you know, to the extreme with the whole cutting of the hair off. And I'm sure we'll see her with some type of, you know, wig on, you know, at some point in the near future. But you know, just just do it the right way. It's, it's you know that's why we do these shows. 
you know, we try to give you guys a blueprint, literally, on, on what to do. You know, and that's what, I mean, if you really listen to the show, the, the success stories I have are people who literally listen every night, um, the people who are, who are doing private counseling sessions. You know, I mean, those are the women who are married, like, literally within, like, the next few years. You know, they're just, like, totally different people. You know, I mean, you surround yourself with positivity. You're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to have good things happen to you. My mom always used to tell me good things happen to good kids. Like, so if we got a good report card, you know, we would get something good. We'd get, you know, something we'd always wanted. You know, and, and just, you know, if you if you do the right things, you're going to get what you want. Um, what else? But So that's, that's Tara and, um, you know, Peter Guns. You look at the whole Amina Butterfly situation, it's, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Peter is an interesting guy. Now, there's a lot to talk about with this whole this whole thing. I mean, on one hand, you know, I'm not, not going to say I respect him, you know, but, you know, because I don't, because he, I mean, he's definitely a weirdo and a loser and uh, the epitome of the worst possible type of man uh, that anyone would, would want to deal with. But um, aside from all that, you know, it, it does take some some courage and, you know, to sit up on a stage, you know, in, next to two women that you're you know, clearly emotionally connected to, sexually connected to, and just be like, look, I mean, you know, this is what it is. I mean, you know, yeah, I was dealing with you. You know, yeah, I had sex with you, but I married her. And then I went back and had sex with you. Like, it's actually ridiculous, uh, to be honest. That's one of the reasons why, you know, it's I'm still borderline, like, okay, this whole thing is just totally fake. You know, it's just too too crazy. Um, it's definitely scripted, you know, and that's why I said all, most, just about all the time scripted and in many cases downright, you know, orchestrated specifically for ratings. Um, you know, they look, I think what happened with this situation is they found, you know, they saw how, you know, just monumentally successful the whole Stevie J situation was with Jocelyn and, and you know, and the chick. And uh, they said, all right, we're going to, you know, make you the new Stevie J. You know, Peter Guns even referenced it in that little rap he came up with. You know, what I'm saying something about Stevie J. I mean, and and that's it's it's you know it's too it seems to be you know to be honest with you fake. But even if it's not fake, the situation is real. You know, what I'm saying it's real for you. It's real for Courtney back in the day. It's real for you guys listening in. You guys, whether you know it or not, you know, because for a while. Tara didn't know that she was the other woman. She thought that she was the woman. Next thing you know, this dude is married to somebody else. That's how it happens. Okay? One of the things that's interesting is that he said that, I think Monique asked him, she was like, you know, if you, you know, if if someone was up there writing a song for her, performing a song for her, would you feel some type of way? And he was like, yeah. And And, I mean, if you looked at Amina's face, that was a very embarrassing, you know, moment. Because here you are saying hearing your husband, which is a complete, you know, mockery of, you know, what the word, you know, intends that the sanctity of marriage to be, you know, but aside from that, I mean, you're sitting here watching your husband say that he would be jealous, you know, of another man expressing his love for a woman that he's not even with anymore. I mean, that's that's ludicrous. And that's like me saying, "Oh yeah, I'd be jealous about so and so, you know, if they were like, no, I'm like I'm married. Like that's crazy." 
Can you imagine that, Courtney? No, that's that's crazy. That is so crazy to me. I can only imagine her face. Yeah, I mean, I just go on your DVR. You don't have to imagine it. It's right there. You, you taped it, right? Come on. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> you don't got to imagine it. Just, just hit play. Why you trying to play people every night? No, I didn't watch it. I didn't tape it either. Oh. All right, cool. No, I'm saying that's true. You know, it's it's not cool, you know, but it's so real. I I was watching the Grammys. We talked about it. We did the Grammy special. We, I, I meant to touch on this. We talked the previous week about, you know, men and what how to avoid, you know, them, you know, being targeted for men running a train on you. Shout out to everybody who tuned into that show. Probably one of the realest shows we've ever done. You know, I shared stories I never even thought I'd share on this show. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it, it happened. Shout out to Mar for, for being honest as well. But one of the things is, I saw something very familiar with Beyonce. What we're talking about, you know, in this moment with uh with the fate the look on Amina's face was a very similar and familiar look that we saw with Beyonce at the Grammys. When Jamie Foxx was publicly and even ridiculously lusting after Beyonce, you know, but in a sexual manner, you know, it's you could tell that I mean, and I don't want to get too deep with it, not tonight at least. But you could tell that you know when and she even admits this when she's on stage, something comes over her. That demon goes inside of her and takes over her body, and a lot of times it takes her to another place. It doesn't. It's not even what she she doesn't even remember it, you know. And if you looked at her face when she was sitting there, she just looked bewildered. And if it's still in your DVR, go back and and watch it. You'll see what I mean. Like when he was like, "Oh man, Jay." You know, you're going to be mad at me, and I'm, I'm sorry, bro, but I'm, you know, sitting out there lusting after your wife, you know what I'm saying? Like, And she's just like, she looked really uncomfortable. That same look, I'm like, why? where have I seen that look? That look is the same way women look right before or even right after men run a train on them. Right after you are being objectified by an entire fraternity. You're being objectified and sexualized by an entire football or basketball team. You know, you know that people are only looking at you for a for, for a physical, you know, for what you can do physically and sexually. It has nothing to do with it. you. I mean, did you guys see that? Like really watch it. She looked very uncomfortable. It's like he's making jokes and it's just like you ever see, and the fellas. I mean, I know I'm really talking to the fellas. Like the fellas know. Like you ever see a hoe? You know, what I mean, a woman who's really put themselves into a hoeish situation. Like you're, a, you know, you're about to run a train. There's always jokes made. I mean, and no, and I, I shouldn't even say this, but I mean, if y'all really want to know what I'm talking about, just go watch some type of porn. You ever watch a like a, a the beginning of of some type of a porno or something where they're like you know there's always like that uncomfortable conversation in the beginning of it where he's like set talking to her and playing with it she doesn't know whether to laugh or to you know be sarcastic or say something kind of stupid next thing you know she's like you know going down and giving him head it's like what the heck and that's the same way Beyonce looked in that moment and all and many women know what I'm talking about. 
And all I'm saying is don't allow yourselves to be objectified and sexualized, you know, at, you know, when you don't when you're so much better than that. You know, don't feel, don't don't ever allow yourself to be made uncomfortable. Jamie Fox, make no mistake about it. Jamie Foxx was playing her. It wasn't anything, you know, uh it wasn't like terms of endearment that he was giving her. He was basically saying like you're a hoe. The same way he was looking at her was the way he would look at a woman that he's making it rain on at the strip club. Like that's the same exact way. That's not a a, a comfortable place to be. You, you have any idea what I'm talking about, Courtney? I have every idea what you're talking about. I've I've had that look before, so I I know exactly you know what that is. I remember feeling that way after. I had messed around with two guys that were in the same fraternity. And um, after that, you know, they would both, you know, come around and um, basically just, like, flirt with me and say sexual things to me in public in front of their frat brothers. And I felt so uncomfortable, and I tried to laugh it off. But I had that same look that Beyonce had. It was just, like, I felt so uncomfortable because I knew that, they all thought that I was a hoe. Yeah, that's deep. That's deep. You know, I mean, this is Beyonce we're talking about, the beloved mistress of the universe, as Oprah calls her, you know, but being looked at as nothing more than a two-bit whore. You know what I'm saying? The same types of women, you know, who who used to allow the frat guys and the, 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 the athletes to run trains on them. You know, I tell you guys a story that I've told many times here on the show. But for the newer listeners, I was um, back in college. I, I actually moved out of the frat house. We, there was some wild stuff that that happened on, co- you know, on, in the in the house, you know, where I lived at. So I was like, you know what, I gotta, <laughs> I need my own space. But it was like, you know, mid semester or the end of a, you know, semester, whatever. So I was like, all right, let me, you know, it was a short notice. So I just looked in the paper. I was like, where can I live? You know, someplace that wasn't too far from campus. So I ended up getting this, uh, I moved into this two-bedroom apartment with this white chick. You know, and she was, you know, it wasn't anything crazy. I mean, literally, I just needed a, you know, a place to stay, you know, for that semester. And it was cool. It actually worked out. I had a nice little room. I had access to the kitchen. I, you know, we shared the bathroom. She had her groceries. I had, you know what I'm saying? It was, like, totally, you know, separate. I paid, I think rent was only, like, I think I might have paid one fifth. Rent was like three seventy five for the month, I, so my rent was like extremely cheap. So um, I did that, and but the point of the story was she was just a whore. She was just like like straight up hoe. I mean, like she was like obese too. She was maybe like you know like something like three four hundred pounds or something. But she was just like every night that bed was like I mean it was like, but she was like huge so it was like boom 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 boom, boom. like it was like crazy the most ridiculous thing you ever heard in your life and the, the walls were like extra thin and our rooms were like you know right next to each other it was just like crazy but you know that hey I didn't judge her I mean she was cool she paid her rent she was clean I had no problem with it. I just needed a place to stay but I would literally see you know these dudes coming in and out I mean literally I'm telling you I was there for a semester you know, and literally, I'm, I kid you not, there might have been one or two weekends the whole semester that she didn't have somebody up at the crib, you know. And uh, one time I, I was going to the bathroom. I got up, like it was like a Saturday morning, 
you know, was going down to get a glass of water, go to the bathroom. On my way back to my room, I see, you know, I passed this dude in the hall. He's like some huge 6'5", you know, diesel, you know, football player dude. I recognized him. I was like, oh, what's up, man? What's going on? Uh, you know, he was like chilling, man. Oh, he, like he looked like he saw a ghost. I'm like, he's like, oh, oh, you live here? I was like, yeah, you know, hey, you know, but this just, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm just here, you know what I mean? This, that's all you. He was oh, he's like, oh, oh, make sure you don't tell nobody you saw me here. I was like, hey, no problem, you know what I mean? I said, hey, hey, it's just between me and you. I'm half sleep, you know what I mean? I want no problems. But he was serious though. He, you know, and what I'm saying is. He didn't want anyone to know him, or he didn't want anyone to know that he was there. He wanted to be totally anonymous. Why? Because he was having sex with literally what turned out to be the campus hoe. And, ladies, all I'm saying is you you don't want to be viewed in that way. You don't want to be viewed in that manner. And because, you know, when I I would see her in the hallway, she would even make those same types of you know, uncomfortable jokes. I was like, oh, she was like, oh, I heard you saw my friend. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, oh, I was like, oh, okay. And I just played dumb. Like, I didn't hear her rocking the whole house at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh, okay, was that your boyfriend? She said, oh, no, that's just, you know, that's just a friend of mine. You know, I met him last night at the party. I'm like, what the, <laughs> like, you dirty chick. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, okay. You know, like, what do you say to that? Like, oh, okay, you're a hoe. All right, cool. You know, oh, how was it? Like, you know what I'm saying? But she just laughed it off, like, you know, like Courtney did. You know, and I'm just saying, that's not something you want to, just don't put yourself in those those types of situations. It's crazy, man. I, had to get, I was like, well, I got to get out of there, man. I was like, yo, when's my lease up again? Shoot. Let me get back in this newspaper and find, go to the classified. Like, oh, you got the paper? You got the classified section? You know, I brought all your newspaper. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I get about. I mean, it was crazy. You know, man, I ain't want people looking at me like that. I didn't even think she was like that. But, you know, once I was there for at least maybe like a month, I was like, wow. Like the first time I was like, okay, maybe she had a little company. Maybe that's her, you know, whatever. But it was like a different guy every week. So we're looking at, so again, we're talking about reality, though. You know what I'm saying? I just posted that online. I posted, you know, never turn to the bed of a man, you know, to take your mind off, you know, of a, another another man who, you know, who broke your heart. It's just not worth it. All right? Um, let's look at some of these other situations, though. One of the people I want to talk about, Erica Jean in Saigon. Saigon. Now, it's an interesting situation. Not one of the more popular situations on the show, but very interesting nonetheless. Because here we have two people who who slept together, who produced a child, and now they're in a situation where they're trying to make it work specifically for that child. But what a lot of people, men and women, don't realize is that trying to make a relationship work for a child is actually going to do that child more harm than good. What y'all don't realize is it's better for a child to have no father, okay, than to have a, a bad father, a deadbeat father, you know, or or grow up seeing their father and mother engaged in drama, in turmoil, you know, in strife. These are things that will cause that child, a little boy or a girl, to grow up with a skewed 
impression of what love is, of what family is. And a lot of times what happens is those are the little girls who grow up dealing with the same types of men. Those are the little boys who end up growing to be men similar uh, to their father, not respecting women. What y'all got to realize, ladies, is this. It's pretty hard as a as a, a boy, you know, who's growing up to be a man, to respect women. I mean, really think about it. It's hard for men to respect women if, you know, their own mom doesn't respect themselves. It's like if, if you grow up as a boy seeing a man dog you, you you know, having sex with different guys, sneaking men into the into the crib when you think that they're asleep, you know, it's like, I mean, how can you respect women if your own mom is a hoe? You know, I can only imagine that young woman, that story we told y'all on the on the on the show about the trains, where where you know where five guys came in and ran a train on the young woman, and you know the kid was asleep. I mean, I, I can only imagine that was. What, 10 years ago, 15 years ago maybe? I can only imagine how he views women now, you know, as a as a, a, a man, a young man. That's crazy, you know, but, you know, it's reality. So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, if you, as you watch them, I mean, this is someone who, who, I mean, this guy disrespected her, you know, F you and da-da-da, you, you, you fake this, fake that. You know, all you good for is sex, and that and she's f you. Know, it's just like you know, it became physical at one point, and now these are two people talking about moving in together. Not mind you, not talking about marriage, not talking about actually even being together, but talking about living together, being a family. Family is is going to consist of stability, you know, and commitment, and trust, and honesty, and respect. And so, I mean, I don't know what they're doing, but I, I, mean, I think we're, we're going to get it. We got a little glimpse of it, you know, uh, yesterday. But if you look at next week's episode, I think we're going to see the end of Erica Jean and, and Saigon. I mean, as if it was, ever really began to begin with. But, you know, it's just those types of situations are, are, are destined for, for disaster. Are you, are you familiar with their situation at all? Yes, I am. Um, and it's oh, obvious I know you are. that <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, I, I am. And it was obvious just from the onset of it, uh, of what we saw with them, that he just he never wanted her. I mean, it was it was so obvious. It was just all about sex for him, and you know they didn't mean to produce a child, but you know they did. And I think he he's trying to be there for his son, but I remember, you know, he it was so bad with between the two of them that um he wanted to do a fraternity test. You know, he just wanted to make sure if he's investing that much time in the in the boy that that is his because otherwise he doesn't want to have any connection to Erica. Um and it's right. it's, it's just sad because she wants more and he doesn't. Right. And it's it's you're right. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, that must have been a real long five minutes, though. I'm just saying, Courtney. I mean, how long was that five minutes? It's, I mean, you kind of. I'm sorry, my bad. No. But no, seriously <laughs> though, I'm just saying. This must be the extended version or something. I don't know. But but with with Saigon and Erica, you guys got to look at that. I mean, we just got finished talking about on Saturday night uh, on the on the Perfect Wife show. 
how important trust is. All right, and we just said that if a man can't trust you, you can't trust him, and he's never going to really fully commit to you. And so, this is somebody like Courtney said. This guy, he had to, he wanted to get a paternity test. He didn't even think that the the kid was his. After he found out that she had a baby, he just disappeared. And that's what why the father was so mad at him. That's why she was so mad. This dude just disappeared. You know what I'm saying? It won nothing to do with her. Won nothing to do with the kid. Now all of a sudden he comes back and says, "Okay, let's try to make it work." But I want to get a paternity test. That right there tells you, like, yo, I think you're a hoe. We did a show, in fact, um, Gerald and I several years ago on paternity that we actually got an ad state on. If I had more time, I would go through the, my archives and, and try to find that that, that actual question. But it was uh, pertaining to a young man. Who who you know was asking you know he loves his girl whatever but should he get a paternity test and and I we, me and Gerald gave him some really great advice um, and the advice was that you know in, in a nutshell I mean you got to make a decision you know you really got as a man you got to make a decision what's more important to you because if you say I want a paternity test then that basically means that you're taking away any chance of you having a successful relationship with that young woman. But if you really want to know if that kid is yours and that that's what's most important to you, then I say get a test. But you can't have both. You can't have both. You can't get it. You cannot be with somebody, say you love them, say you want to spend the rest of your life with them, but at the end of the day say, I think in the back of my mind you're a liar. I think in the back of my mind that you're a whore. Because you slept with me and you slept with somebody else in the same period to the point where that baby might not be mine, which would make that woman a hoe. Let's be clear. So you can't say, I think you're a hoe and I think you're a liar, but I love you and I want to be with you for the rest of my life. You can't do that. You're right there totally dissolving any chance there is at a relationship. Now, if you say, okay, you know what? I'm going to put everything outside of my mind. I'm going to put these thoughts out of my head, and this baby is mine. You're not a liar. You are honest. You're telling me you didn't sleep with anybody else. I believe you. You just got to ride it out. I couldn't do both. It's either one or the other. Now, if you know that you don't want to be with that woman, and you just that's just what it is, you know you're not going to be with her, then I say get the test. So at least you can know with some certainty that the kid is yours or he's not yours, and you can feel comfortable having that child in your life. That was that was my advice. But you can't have both. I don't know, but that's just. I mean, you know, different people feel differently. But me, I can't be with somebody who I'd already think is a hoe. I can't. If I think you slept with somebody, then you're. Just, I can't. You know what I'm saying? I can't be with you. What are your thoughts though on it? You're right. I I will say that it's funny how. The men will demand a paternity test and, you know, like you said, calling the woman a liar or a hoe, all that stuff. And then after all of that, they go and have sex with the woman. And it's just this back and forth, just a lot of drama. So I agree with you. You do have to you have to pick one. Stop playing games. Yeah, it's crazy out here. You just got to pick one and, you know, and just ride it out, you know, or, you know, you could always just do what the word says and, you know, really trust God and, and pray about it because a lot of times when you pray about stuff, that just 
you know, not a lot of times, but that's just how it works. When you really ask God for guidance, he's not going to steer you in the wrong direction. It's just a matter of do you or do you not want to, you know, follow, you know, his word. You know what I'm saying? Follow, you know, what the Holy Spirit is telling you. Because, you know, if you have that uncomfortable feeling, then that means it's, it's you know, probably not, you know, what where you should be. Uh, so that's that situation. I mean, I think we can all agree that that situation is, you know, it's it's on its way, you know, out of, out of there. Um, who else should we talk about? Jim Jones. A new show. Well, not new show, but I think it's like their second season on, uh, you know, Chrissy and Mr. Jones. I mean, the situation is ridiculous. We all saw them, you know, their story originate on Love and Hip Hop, same type of thing, together for, you know, 10 years, 8 years, whatever it was. <clears throat> Next thing you know, she's proposing to him. We talked, we did a whole show on on them. Uh, if you guys caught that one, check out, just Google Love and Hip Hop, you know, on the Daydon Tolbert show. We did a, we've done a couple. We probably did one on season one. I know we did one on season two. We've talked about them a number of times. Because um, it's just a great situation to to really illustrate what what happens so often in the black community, you know, quote unquote ride or die chick, you know, ends up staying w- you know with the wrong man who's clearly, you know, dealing with other women, clearly having sex with other women. These women are letting them smash raw, resulting in babies, STDs, all types of you know drama, and it's just a, a never-ending story. Um, but, I mean, it's not even too much to say about it. I mean, clearly, this is someone who is comfortable with her. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of women, they mistake comfortability for love. They mistake a man's comfort, you know what I'm saying, with with a man have, seeing a future with them. Ladies, let me just simplify everything. We do not go from sex to love. Okay, that does not happen. A lot of women hope that it will happen. A lot of women think that it will happen. They think, okay, yeah, we went there. Yeah, we had sex. Yeah, you know, this happened. But, you know, hopefully it will develop. I'm hoping, you know, because I'll stick around, I'll show him I'm a good woman, then he'll eventually look at me more than than that Friday night freak. But unfortunately, ladies, that's not how it works. He actually never will truly view you in that manner. He may say he does. It may appear that he does. But deep down, you know, he's going to be viewing you the same way he did when he met you. And, you know, that's why the commitment doesn't come the way you want it to. That's why, you know, it's on again, off again. It's because he's he's convincing himself or trying to convince himself you know, that it could be what it was. He's convincing himself that, you know, you're worth cutting off all these other women that he's currently having sex with. That's what it is. A lot of women don't realize that. It takes a lot for a man to cut off current women that he's having sex with and just be with you. It takes a lot for that. So, you know, if he's going to do that, then he's got to really, you've, there's got to really be something special about you. And if you're really not doing anything special, in fact, you're doing the same things that a lot of the other women are, are, that he's having sex with are still doing, there's not a lot of reason for him to let that whole lifestyle stay in the past and then move, you know, move forward with a future with you, which is why it doesn't happen. And I think that Chrissy and Jim Jones is a, is a really good example of that. Um, you know, Chrissy seems to be a good homemaker. 
She seems to have a good business mind. Jim Jones is very business oriented. Uh, you know, she's a good mother or stepmother or whatever to his son, you know, whatever you guys want to call that. But I mean, <clears throat> at the end of the day, you got to want to be with her. You know what I mean? Like you got to want to just say the heck with it and, you know, and just say I'm all in. And, and he clearly doesn't want that. He wants, he likes having her there, but he doesn't want the whole thing. And, and that is, I, I mean, listen, I promise you, we're about to talk about T.I. and Tiny. I mean, it's it's inevitable. All these situations have an expiration date. Whether expiration is 15 years, 10 years, you know, I counsel a young woman who who has been dealing with a guy on and off for 17 years. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like that is going to be many of these situations that we're seeing. You know, the Joe and Tahiri, um, you know, Jim Jones and Chrissy. All these long-term situations, that's how they're going to end up. But they will end up, you know, that same way at some point. Um, so that, any any thoughts on those two? Not really. <laughs> I don't really have anything um, really to add to that. I was done when she proposed to him, and that was a long time ago. But <laughs> I was through. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that, you know, I think people, you know, they want the happy ending, but, I mean, you can't always have what you want. You know, you've got to do it the right way. And if you don't, you know, there there are going to be repercussions. Um, T.I. and Tiny, since I mentioned them, you know, another interesting situation. I mean, I think you really got to look at I mean, if you follow, you know, hip-hop, if you've been following, you know, their relationship, same thing. I mean, they've been together on again, off again for what? I mean, forever. I mean, 10 years, I mean, you know, 15, who knows? I mean, forever. And so, I mean, clearly, you know, T.I. was reluctant, you know, to 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 marry her. Uh, I mean, that's obvious. You know, broke up with her, you know, cheated on her. I mean, he was dealing with, with you know, uh, what is it, hoops, you know, from, uh, from loving, uh, no, you know, from uh, Flavor of Love. Flavor of Love. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like he, he doesn't want to be with. I mean, you Ti to me is the best rapper, you know, out there right now. You know, I mean, I followed his career, you know, from you know for the whole time. I you know I I do enjoy listening to uh, you know some hip hop. I should say uh, used to, not so much anymore. But you know, I mean, I, he is he's one of the more talented, uh, just on a strictly hip hop you know perspective, one of the most consistent. Rappers uh, in history, to be honest with you, uh, one of the very few rappers who's been able to achieve both commercial success as well as uh, maintain street credibility. I'd say probably you know Jay Z, Eminem, um, Ti. It's very few that have actually been able to maintain that level of of you know both worlds. Um, so very in a, in a very select group. Usually it's either one or the other. You got your commercial success, like your Nelly and your, you know, Ja Rule, but never really got that, you know, street credibility or whatever. You know what I mean? And um, so I guess my point though is, you know, if you listen to him, if you follow him, and this is someone who's clearly, you know, enjoying his fame, uh, his celebrity. He's enjoying the groupies. He raps about, you know, getting head in the Ferrari, and yeah, I mean like. 
like now, like going on con, you know, tours and uh, you know what I mean. Like, and it's just like okay, like you, your your show, you know, what is it? The Family Hustle, you know, it airs. You're a family man, but yet you're rapping about this other lifestyle. And I think that it's you know people will ignore it, but it's just like you know. At what point as a man do you say, this is who I am, this is what I stand for? You know what I'm saying? I mean, even Jay-Z, you look at some of his lyrics, he still talks about, what do he say? I mean, it's one lyric in particular. He says, um, oh, man, some. He's like, I, I, I'm acting not acting brand new, like I'm, like I'm on at a show or something like that. Now I'm acting brand new, like, Basically alluding to the fact that he just had sex with somebody, but then he runs into her afterwards, and he's acting brand new like nothing ever happened, like he never even knew her because he's married. You know what I'm saying? This stuff actually happens. You see what I'm saying? Like anyone who thinks Jay-Z isn't, hasn't smashed off a couple of chicks since he's been with Beyonce is an idiot. You know what I mean, like he clearly has. Most of these rappers have. Most of these basketball players have. You know, I think that we got to just look at, you know, what do you want? Do you want a man who who glorifies, um, you know, casual sex, one night stands, or do you want someone who's passionate about you and only you? You know, I and mean, if I'm look, I just pulled up these lyrics from "Love This Life." A lot of people asked me to touch on it. I don't know if you guys saw, but you know, I, I get these headlines, these uh, you know, news stories, and about a week and a half ago, Ti, you know, put something up on his Instagram page, basically saying that. His marriage is over. His relationship is over. Today's the first day of his the, the rest of his life, and da 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 da. And you know, people who you know who will remain anonymous, you know, said that they could confirm that the separation was, you know, official. I mean, and it's just like, <clears throat> I mean, I believe it, but if you look at what we're talking about, he doesn't want to be there. This is someone who said, okay. Yes, she's been there for me. Yes, she's been, you know, everyone knows we're together, but I do what I do. But let me just try to give it a shot. That is not what you want, ladies. You don't want someone who reluctantly commits to you, someone who reluctantly marries you. Okay? That's not what you want. Yeah, it might happen, but that's not success. That's not the goal. You want a man who's on fire for you, a man who's passionate about you. I mean, I would assume. I mean, isn't that what you would prefer? Yes. Right. I mean, I mean, anyone who says otherwise would be lying. There's a situation. There's a song that he came out with entitled "Love This Life." I mean, I posted it in the group. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he says, he says, I know you kind, you get kind of carried away with yourself. But why don't you be real with me and be real with you at the same time? You can't get what you get here, no one else, my. Keep it real. Bitch, you know you love this life. Don't nobody do you like me. You know you love. Bitch, you know you love this life. Don't nobody do you like me. Cavalli dress and high heels. Drop tops on Hot Wheels. We live how we want to live because we, we got meals. The mother niggas bear... Barely buy a hot meal. You know what I'm saying? What is this? Invisible bracelet. See clearly. Take away your stress, mean that sincerely. Problem solve them, never mind that. Girlfriend, see your bag. Be like, where you find that? 
What's the, what the F's a prenup? You ain't got to sign that. You you get up, take half. I'm going to make it right back. What kind of, I mean, the, <laughs> this, I, mean, I would like, this song is kind of catchy. I mean, it has a cool, you know, beat, you know, I mean, T.I., he can rap, but I'm just like, I mean, you know, certain things, it's like, okay, is this reality? Is this fantasy? But like, everybody knows you're married. You know what I'm saying? Like, you made a song about married life. You you say in it, what the F's a prenup? Basically, like, who else would he be talking about? He ain't married to nobody else. He says, you get up, take half. I'm going to make it right back. I'm a mother effing hustler, you know? What's the sense in leaving me? You'll be back effing with them busters. Bentley for your birthday, Gouliard purse day. Deal with them stacks. No, you got to love that. Bitch, you know you love this life. Right? That's crazy. The family wow. hustle, that big house, the meals, the trips, the bags that you guys get a chance to see. He's saying, like, he's calling his wife a bitch. And and this is, the, the, this is stuff that his kids, his daughters, his sons are going to hear. Their father... Calling their mother a bitch. I mean, that, that's one of the most ridiculous things that I've probably ever seen in my life, to be honest with you. Any, any thoughts on that, Courtney? I don't even know it was like that between the two, to be honest, because they had just painted this picture of T.I. that he was just like this great, loving husband and was in love with Tiny. Like, that's. That's what I thought for the longest, and so I, I'll be honest, I was just ignorant to all of this. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, let me <laughs> let me look at something here. Let me read you. It says, "You leave me. Where else do you think you could get this? Yeah, you could get another guy to beat that p u s s y for you. Them niggas cowards, though. I'll take a bullet for you." Mansions, jewelry All I need is for you and me to have some understanding Have a couple conver- couple candid conversations Your frustrations I take into consideration I'm rough around the edges And you're sadly mistaken if you think that I'm in the chasing My heart is RSVP, I've extended an invitation And don't go wasting your time with what they say online your position's divine. Don't believe. Look around. I got a strong mind and a, and a kind heart with a soft kiss, but I love her. I mean, if, and I'm just looking at this. I'm reading the lyrics. I mean, on one hand, he's calling her a bitch, but on the other hand, he's saying he's got a strong mind and a kind heart <laughs> <laughs> with a soft kiss, but I love her. Like, like, what are you talking about, T.I.? Like, what are you saying? You just... You just told her that if she leaves you, you know, you, you know, it's cool. But you love her and you want to, man, bitch, you love this life. Don't nobody do you like me. You know you love, bitch, you know you love this life. And that's, it just goes on and on. But so, I mean, this is the type of stuff we're talking about, you know, because I've, I've, and I've even been guilty of this in the past myself, you know, I think. I remember when the show first came on, we discussed it briefly, and we were talking about, 
you know, how the show did a good job of showing, you know, that, that you know, different family situations and how he appeared to be a good father. I mean, and, and the show is good for that. It's it's good for showing him in, in a positive light and, and showing, you know, the how the two of them interact positively. But, I mean, for people like me who actually know what it is, who actually listen to the music, who actually are familiar with the lyrics, it's just like the ultimate hypocrisy. You know what I mean? Like, if you, this is just a song about the relationship. This guy's done whole songs about groupie hoes and threesomes and menages, like that. He just that he'll talk about. He'll talk about doing a, his album just came out. He'll talk about going on tour and smashing off hoes after the tour, like of his current tour. <laughs> and like nobody like says anything about this. It's like oh, okay, but yeah, we'll just watch the family hustle and pretend that that's what it is, as opposed to listening to his music. You know what I'm saying? And and Jay Z's the same way. You know, Kanye West the same way. Like all these people, uh, you know, it's people are. Most of it is is crazy because people don't listen to the music. You know, most of these women who who love Beyonce really have no idea what Beyonce's lyrics are actually talking about. Most of the people who support Jay Z have no idea what the imagery and the symbolism in his music means, what the lyrics mean, when it's actually right there in front of you. So that's kind of all I wanted to say about T.I. and Tiny. You know, and Courtney, you know we were going to do this show, what, six months ago? Yeah, we have been talking about this for a very long time. Yeah, I sent you yeah. the flyer, like, yo, check out this flyer. That was like six months ago we were going to do this show, but and it was, I just saved it. You know, I saved it. It was just been on my desktop chilling. I was like, you know what? Can't I'm like, wow. This is tonight's the night. You know, I got to let stuff mentally marinate. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't ready to talk about all of it now, but until now. But uh, who else should we talk about? Marrying the game. You know, you look at the game, you look at Tiffany. Was that name? Tiffany. Yeah, Tiffany. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I mean, the whole situation, ironically, is called, you know, marrying the game, but they're not getting married. You know, this is another situation where he just doesn't want to. I mean, I told you guys at the beginning of the show, everyone we're going to talk about is the other woman. You know, whether they realize, like, Tara knows she's the other woman. Uh, uh, Amina Butterfly knows she's the other woman. You know, all these women, they know they're the other woman. But people like, you know, Tiny, it's not as obvious. But clearly she's the other woman. Saigon has another woman. That's just what you may or may not see. Tiffany Cambridge, she is the other woman. Which I got to realize, this dude is going... I mean, it's so obvious. It's so obvious, guys. You guys got to look at it. If a man isn't feeling you, if he's not trying to make you his wife, don't be naive and think that he's not smashing off other women. Please don't think that. That's the only reason why he's not, you know, uh, moving forward with you is because he wants to continue having sex with other women. It's evident in all of these situations. Jim Jones, they don't show that on Chrissy and Mr. Jones, but don't for a second think that he's not smashing off other women. All right? That's just what, you know, obviously they're not going to show that on camera. They're not going to show, you know, T.I. going backstage after the, you know, the shows and, 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 you know, enjoying himself with the groupies. I mean, let's be serious here, guys. I'm just being honest. This is the real game. This is what happens. 
A lot of women think it's sweet out there. They say, oh, yeah, we just had a big fight. Or, you know, we're, we, you know, he, yeah, he disappears for a week, but as long as he comes home, he just needs some time away. What do you think he was doing during that time away? What do you think? He was just sleeping by himself? Twilling his thumbs? No, that's the time when he, you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you. If, you know, <laughs> T.I., when he rolls out, I'm, I'm pretty sure he he wants to enjoy a little something other than Tiny. Every so often, nobody, everybody wants to just act like it's you know it's sweet. Is oh okay yeah, Ti and Tiny, they have this great marriage. No, they don't. Not with lyrics like that. Okay, when you don't respect someone, then you, you know then you know to think that you would not cheat on them would be ridiculous. Yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate, but you know, and that's what I'm saying to you. A lot of women will. Be disrespected. A lot of women will, you know, find themselves in off, you know, on again, off again situations, having fights, blow ups. But don't just let it stop there. Understand that there's more going on. There's more to this story. Okay, just because he comes back with a gift or with whatever, don't think, don't let that cause you to forget what he was doing while while he was gone. All right. Same thing with the game. You know, if you guys notice, I mean, there's a reason why she's so jealous. They're not, they, they, do, they do a good job of not saying it, but she's, she doesn't, she doesn't, she says, I don't like your lifestyle. She has really no problem with his lifestyle. I mean, he's a rapper from Compton. She knows his life. She knows that he's a rapper. She knows he's going to be in the, stu- in the studio for long hours. She doesn't have a problem with him being in the studio, she has a problem with the fact that he goes away and he has sex with women. She has a fact, uh, a problem with the fact that he claims he's in the studio for these long hours, but in reality is out with his hoes. That's what she really has a problem with. I mean, come on, what woman who marries a, a rapper has a problem with that rapper being in the studio? You know, this guy goes away to get, you know, brings home $100,000 checks per show. He gets a hundred thousand a show. I'm pretty sure she doesn't have a problem with that. What she has a problem with is him going away to these shows, and after he gets that hundred thousand dollar check, celebrating with his homies, running trains on women like these, like they do. That's the real problem. But they don't, you know, they don't really say that. But I mean, you, you guys are women. Think of it. You don't care about that. You know what it is. It's like you know a, a basketball wife having a problem with. Their their man being gone half the year because they have road games. I mean that's what he does. You're not gonna have a problem with that, but you're gonna have a problem with it if while he's gone he's smashing hoes. You see what I'm saying, Courtney? Yeah, and the thing is, it doesn't really make sense because it's like if you know what's going on and if you know what he's doing, why are you still sticking around? You know, is it, my question is, is the lifestyle, is that really is what's keeping you there? You know, the, the nice purses and shoes and clothes? Because otherwise, I mean, I feel like you should just walk away. You know what's going on. Well, I mean, and that's what it is. That's the problem is that, you know, a lot of women do know what's going on, but because they become so accustomed to a lifestyle, because they have such a level of low self-esteem, 
of dependency issues that, you know, they would rather stay than to face the lie of the enemy that they're going to be alone forever. And the lie of the enemy, that's one of the things that we work on through private counseling is, you know, the lies, you know, the lies of the enemy that, that we as Christians believe, you know. And so that's the problem. The reason they stay is because they want to, um, you know, they would, they just don't want to be alone. That's, you know, plain and simple, um, you know, which is unfortunate. Um Phaedra and Apollo, another interesting situation. Um, you know, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Phaedra and Apollo is a very interesting. I mean, I don't know if you guys know, but he's in jail right now. He he was uh, you know running a um, you know a, a credit card and identity theft uh, you know ring down in the Atlanta area. That's actually what he went to uh, jail initially for several years ago. He was arrested, I think, about a couple weeks ago. And I believe is still in jail. The young woman who 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 was his partner um, evidently uh, set him up and, and or got caught and, and snitched on him. Was wearing a wire, and they, I believe they have hours of you know him and her on tape, you know, going over the plans. And I mean, this is just one of those things where, and I've heard, you know, I think I showed Danny some stuff from like maybe even several months ago. It was just like about her being involved. You got to look at the situation. Phaedra is no idiot. When you lay down with dogs, you get fleas. What was going on is Apollo was about that check. All right, he's about that bread. He's about that money. Okay, and Phaedra was was, from what I understand, bankrolling a lot of his schemes. You know, uh, conspiring. You know, to be a part of a number of his schemes. And she knows the deal. You know, she got him off. She represented him. And so this is somebody who took advantage of a situation, you know, was smashing it off. She was helping him financially. It was a win-win situation for both of them. Had a couple kids. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he's a criminal. You know, I'm just saying that's just what it is. And I think that a lot of women... One, they find a you know an appeal in that you know these these handsome guys, these the thugged out look. I mean that's just what they're into, uh, or I not I shouldn't say because nobody's into that, but it's what they feel like will give them the best chance of achieving the the types of things that they didn't have as a child growing up from their father, and you know it's they she stayed, so obviously Apollo was flirting with Kenya. He probably most likely smashed off Kenya, as well as a number of other women. Clearly is not emotionally connected to her. I mean, you can just look at that and tell. I mean, and, you know, it's just one of those things that is all too co- common uh, in the in the black community. You know, men using women for whatever they're using them for, women staying out of, you know, their dependency and then, you know, the stuff hits the fan and everything ends in disaster, which is what we see now. She knew the deal. Anyone who says, oh, she just didn't know that he was into all this illegal activity is crazy. Were you aware of all his, his uh, extracurricular activities? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was. That's, it seems like they have more of a business relationship anyway. 
more so than love. You know, if you see how it's portrayed on on TV. Right. And I think that, you know, you want to just get to a situation where, you know, it it is about love, you know, as opposed to just pretending it's love or hoping that it's love. You know, you want to, you want the real thing. Um, Now, you know, all that being said, I was extremely entertained by watching Apollo beat up the gay dude because, one, I think he's a weirdo. He's a loser. Um, And, uh, yeah, it was just a very entertaining thing. I mean, but see, one thing you guys got to realize, as entertaining as it was, and I was saying this on the thread, you guys got to realize, see, reality shows are driven by ratings, obviously, you know, but they're they're driven by drama. The drama drives the ratings. What what's more dramatic than seeing a fight? You know, if you look at when the Housewives was at uh, its its height, its peak, you know, was when uh, Nene was fighting with Kim Zolciak. You know, Cherie was fighting with Kim. Like, it was a whole bunch of drama. That's what people want to see with all reality shows. They might act like they want to watch the, you know, the, the, the regular, you know, wholesome family life. But those shows ultimately get canceled. Look at Run's House. Look at Snoop Dogg. He even had a, a reality show for a brief amount of time. Sinbad had a reality show. I mean, people, you know, you look at the T and Tamara twins. I mean, their show is in limbo right now. A lot of these, these shows that focus on wholesome family lives, you know, nobody really wants to see that. The only reality shows that really stand the test of time are the ones with, with fights and drama. The Bad Girls is in like its 13th season or something crazy like that. I mean, look at Real World. I mean, these are all shows that have fights. And so people actually criticized Basketball Wives of L.A. last season because there were relatively no fights. Uh, this season you can already tell there are going to be more fights. They're going to spice it up. Um, they got rid of, I mean, they get rid of people who don't bring drama. Housewives was widely criticized last season because it was just boring. And I'll be honest with you, it was boring. I'm not going to lie to y'all, sitting in front for y'all. It was kind of boring this season. Now everybody's, oh, you know, Candy's talking about beating somebody up, dragging people out. Apollo's beating up the gay dude. You know, it's all types of stuff. That's what people want to see. You know, and uh, on another note, have you noticed that on every single show, Every single reality show on television, there is a gay person, a prominent gay person that's that's shown and showcased uh, in conjunction with one of the main characters. Have you noticed that, Courtney? Yes. Yes, Every always. Single one. Always, always. Whether it's Love and Hip Hop, The Housewives, I don't care what show. Just what? There's a huge gay agenda in this in this country, and you really got to really look biblically. <laughs> At what you know, why that is, you know what I'm saying? That's like something that obviously God calls an abomination. You know, everything that happens now is really with the purpose of moving us towards, back towards, um, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, and um, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's bestiality, you know, orgies, sex, corruption. You know, it's just that's just where we're going towards. I mean, and and. The government and the, you know the powers that be—they're actually passionate about moving us forward, moving us forward so that we can go backwards, you know, back to how it was back in the day, you know. And anyone is crazy if they think that our leaders, Obama and them, and whoever's coming after Obama and people who are before Obama, 
everyone, the way that you get put into that office is by subscribing to that global worldwide agenda. You know, it's, you know, you're not going to get into office if you want to change anything, <clears throat> which is absolutely ridiculous. The way you get into office is actually by going with the flow, going with the program. You try to actually change something, you end up like JFK. You try to change something, you know, like MLK or, or you know, RFK or Malcolm X. That's what happens when you really try to change, when you really represent change. All right, that's just a little, little history lesson for y'all. Um, but that's that's what we're seeing on the, you know, just illustrated on the Housewives as well as, you know, all these other, um, you know, shows out here. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I'm sure people will be tuned in next week to see Candy dragging the chick, the, you know, see who she's going to drag out. Is that something you're going to watch for more than five minutes? <laughs> I, <laughs> I watch Real Housewives. So I've been watching it from the beginning, like from the very beginning, from the first season. So, um, yeah, I'll be watching. One of the things y'all got to, if you look on the Housewives, the Data on Tolbert show is actually, back when we had a lot of, we've had a lot of reality shows, you know, like that's one of the things I was passionate about. Like we had, um, you guys remember Callie from um, uh, Flavor of Love? No, not from Flavor of Love. What the heck was Callie from? Was it the real world? You remember what I'm talking about. Um the heck was Callie from? I don't remember. The Asian chick. I was. I think it was Flavor of Love. You know, I think about it. Yeah. Um, although it probably wasn't. Something else, actually. Maybe the Ray J? No, I forget. Anyway, I'll look it up. But anyway, we had her on there. We had the chick from the real world doing the black chick from the real world, whose name escapes me at the moment, NeNe Leaks. A lot of reality shows over the last 10 or so years. And um, we, our show is actually one of the only shows where Nene went into great detail about talking about her life as a stripper as well as her experience with domestic violence. So um, she And she alluded to it a little bit, not alluded to it, she actually spoke about it briefly, which, I, which was surprising because you very rarely uh, hear her talk about it. But uh, if you guys listen to the archives of my interview with her, she, she went into uh, great detail about, you know, why she was a stripper and, you know, what that life was like. So definitely check out the archives if you missed that from uh, from several years ago. Um, although I will say this, though. I mean, I've, I've said this before. I don't like to bash people, but we've had probably hundreds of celebrity guests over, over the years, and um, I probably have, and my wife will agree to this, like she was one of the most unprofessional guests that have ever been on this show. Can you believe that? Like, of all the guests that we've had, you know, and, I mean, some, some pretty big celebrities, just authors and just actors. And she was, like, probably the most unprofessional of, of them all. Just as far as, like, the booking and, you know, getting her actually on this. So the interview was cool. I'm talking about leading up to that. And I don't want to get too detailed, but extremely unprofessional. Is that, far, is that hard to believe, Courtney? Not at all. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised. I'm just like, wow, man. It's like these people, man. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, who else? I mean, Joe Budden and Tahiri, I mean, we kind of talked about it uh, the other night. But one thing I'll say that we saw last night, I, I was kind of, I liked what, what Joe Budden, I like Joe Budden. I'm glad Joe Budden said what he said because Tahiri is is you know, one of those women who's really feeling herself a little too much. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, just a little bit too much. And I think that she was starting to think that, you know, because she had a lot more power uh, than she had, and he was just like, yo, I mean, he said, do I look like, what do you say, do I look like, you know, women is a problem? He said, you got things misconstrued. And I've told women that back in the day myself, you know, and a lot of women do get things misconstrued, you know, and they, they start trying to, you know, play hard to get and, you know, thinking that they can just say any old thing and, I mean, the reality is that they are very much so, I'm not going to say in love, because that would be a perversion of what the word says about love, um, but they are very much so emotionally connected. She's practically crying. He's super pissed off. And I want y'all to get, I mean, because you could tell he's hurt. Joe Budden is a very cool, calm, and collected person 90% of the time. You know, and so when you see him getting, like, super, super mad, you, you know, like that to the point where he was on that show, we did a show years ago on the emotions of men. You can tell that he actually has serious feelings for her. And, and even, I mean, he'll admit that, but it was just evident that when you, when two people can have that level of emotion, whether regardless of the emotion, whether it's, you know, anger, you know, sex, you know, happiness, joy, whatever it is, it's passion. And that that's how you can tell that they're still very much so connected. So as he said in the past, their story will never be 100% over. You know, there will be, a, you know, more to come from, I, I can guarantee you, when you're on that level, you know, it, it's never really over, um, So, which is unfortunate for many people. I mean, it can be when you put God first and, 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 you know, and allow God to break that soul tie. But I don't see God breaking that soul tie for those two anytime soon because they don't appear to be, you know, Christians who are on fire for God, uh, which is the only way to break a soul tie. If you guys missed our special on soul ties, how to identify them, how to break them from a biblical perspective, definitely just Google that, you know, on the Date on Tolbert show. And, it, you know, you can actually listen in. Remember that show me, you, and uh, Reverend Ann did uh, a couple years ago? Yes, I do. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, man. Soul ties are deep, man. People think that, oh, yeah, we're just going to have a little sex. We hooked up. Yeah, you can hook up all you want to, but you can be real hooked up, you know, for life. Because those soul ties ain't no joke. You know, the Bible speaks about soul. That's what I'm saying. Listen to that show you know, and, and I guarantee you, forget that show, listen to the show on fornication. You know, what the Bible says about fornication. Y'all want to talk about sex? We can talk about sex. You know, the Bible talks about sex a lot. You know, we we as people are the only ones that aren't really talking about it, but the Bible speaks about it all the time. You know, uh, who else can we talk about? Erica Mina. Erica Mina, sin. Sin, what is, I mean, just ridiculous, man. I mean, you got a lesbian love affair here. You got rich dollars. Just two big old, two weirdos. I mean, let me just say this. He's a cornball for snitching. You know, and me and my homie were talking about that the other day. I mean, it's just, you know, when you're as a man, that's like, I don't know if you guys as women realize, but, you know, what he did was just like the most corniest thing that a man could ever do. That's how you know when you're like when you're a loser. When you do something like that, when you, you know, you know, you have sex with a young woman, and then you go and run your mouth about it. Not it's bad to run your mouth about it. Period. But then when you do it specifically to 
you know, get that woman in trouble with the person that she's dealing with at that point. I mean, that's just, like, he literally ran back to, to sin and was just like, oh, yeah, da-da-da-da-da. And she was like, "What do you mean? You know, y'all, y'all." He's like, "What do you think I mean? You're like, like a big, like a little kid. I mean, this guy's like 45 years old, acting like a high school kid. It was just, it was just really ridiculous. I mean, he gets up there, he thinks he's so cool, and then he tries to be tough. I'm just like, yo, like, just, just go somewhere, just go sit down. But, you know, and be honest, I'd probably, there's probably never a better example. You'll probably never see a better example." Of, of what we call a non-elite man in the history of the world than than Rich Dollars. I mean, he's just like the 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 worst of the worst. Like the you never want to deal with a man like that, ladies. I mean, he's like the worst possible man that I've personally ever seen depicted on television. You know, I mean, seriously. I mean, could you think of a, a a better example of a non-elite man than Rich Dollars? No, I can't. That's why I started laughing when you uh, mentioned him because he's so ridiculous. I mean, just to- on so many levels, he's just like the worst. <clears throat> but aside from that, um, you know, when you look at the level of passion that those two have, you know, the cussing and the anger and the, I mean, it's just like, and the other girl, I kind of almost feel bad for her because she's just, now now she's emotionally invested because she wasn't at first, but now she's been brought into their drama now she's a participant and she's having a hard time letting go. Because at first she wasn't even really into Erica Mina like that. She was just like, "Look, I mean, we can be friends and see how it goes." Next thing you know, she's like talking about she's in love with her and they want to spend the rest of their lives together. I'm just like, "Wow, that's crazy." But it's just one big mess, you know. We talk about how to avoid being the other women. Ironically, her their situation is really no different from from Tara and uh. And Peter Guns and Amina Butterfly, it's just, you know, you add the lesbian aspect to it, the situations are actually the same. So it's, it's, all, it's all just it's very sad. In fact, I said online, I mean, loving hip-hop, you know, aside from everything else, but just loving hip-hop really epitomizes 90% of what's wrong with the black community in regards to dating, in regards to love, relationships, you know, even marriage. You know, I mean, literally, it, there's, there's, it epitomizes it. You look at everything that's going on in the show, the relationships, that's what ha- well, that's literally 90% of black love, the, what relationships in the black community consist of, from the baby mama drama to the broken marriages to the cheating to the lies to the sex. I mean, I say 90% because, I mean, you look at successful marriages, you look at the ma- the divorce rate, is over 60% in the black community. You look at the the marriages who are actually still together that are just unhealthy and on their way to divorce, that's probably another 20 to 30%. <laughs> so you look at, I mean, really it's like only about a good, you know, 10% of successful marriages and relationships in the black community and that will actually survive. But then again, the Bible confirms that. Because it says one in a thousand men will be a true man of God. And the only way you're going to have a true man of God is if you're an emotionally available woman. And the Bible straight up says, who can find a virtuous woman? So, I mean, it's it's really, you got to just really follow the word. And it all makes perfect sense when you look at the grand scheme of things. It's, I, what we do here on this show through private counseling with Tolbert uh, Relationship Counseling, our goal is to help you as women 
find your way into that 10%. You know, when you try when you look at statistics, yeah, you know, the odds are against you. If you do it by the world standards, yeah, you're going to be divorced, guaranteed, or not married at all. That's how it's going to go. But when you trust God, you'll find yourself in that 10%. Uh, what else? What else? Who else do we need to talk about briefly, man? I'm trying to go to sleep. You know what I mean? I'm trying to, <laughs> Courtney, we ain't going to be up till midnight tonight. You know what I mean? <laughs> are you sure? You say that. Oh, I'm but sure. Oh, you trust know how me. You are. Oh no no! I'm about to play the 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 you know the music in about good good five minutes. You know what I mean, get ready to hear some. Uh, how's the song go? Well, y'all hear it in a few minutes. You know what I mean? But um, oh, was somebody else I wanted to talk about? Erica Mina and Rich Sin, Rich Snitching. Oh, Yandies and Mendices. <clears throat> Can't t- you know? Going back to. Phaedra and Apollo in them You know when you look at Yandy I mean I think you know she she does a really Good job of playing The you know the supportive Wife you know Oh woe is me You know this horrible thing We're going to just keep praying That something good happens And you know he's he's Exonerated from these false Charges oh Boy he's I they, you know, he's got to turn himself in, and I'm just so heartbroken. And oh my gosh, what is my family gonna do? And I'm, this is all such a shock to me. I can't believe. I'm just like, you know, will you stop it? You know, like really, just stop it. Stop the fake tears. Stop the BS. I mean, ladies, you got to take responsibility. She knows that he's a drug dealer. You know what I mean? Like, let's just be honest. Be honest with yourself. Like, at least say what it is. Like, I used to read a lot of literature. Like, I'm being an author, you know, like a lot of times you'll see, you know, books and you'll see movies and stories about, you know, ride or die women who know what it is, you know, and they just, you know, they support their man. I have more respect for women who, who at least keep it real. Like, if you're like Apollo and Phaedra, like, Phaedra, just be honest. Like, okay, yeah, you know, I did some things, you know, we washed certain money through the legal system and through, you know, this whole funeral home, which is really a front for some other things. I mean, just be honest. I mean, I know you can only say but so much, but don't sit there and act stupid like you can't understand why he's in jail. Why, you know what I mean? Like, you know he's a drug dealer. You, This guy's been, drug, you know, selling drugs for like two years. You know, like, that. Joel Santana's studio got raided a couple of years ago. They found coke. You know, Yandy used to manage Jim Jones. You know what I'm saying? Jim Jones and, and Mendeecees and Joel Santana. Like, you guys got to connect the dots. He, Jim Jones ain't selling no records. I ain't never seen nobody with no Vamp Life t-shirts on. You know what I'm saying? Vampire Life. What the heck? <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, seriously. Vamp life. What kind of vampire stuff? These dudes, man, like Lady Vamp. What is Lady Vamp? I ain't never seen no women with no Lady Vamp on. This guy got cars and jewels and balling. Like, balling what? Like, what are you talking about? These guys are drug dealers. You guys know that, right? I'm just—I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but 
Yes, these guys are selling drugs. It's all going to come out, I promise you. Next thing you know, you're going to say, oh, Jim Jones, uh, you know, star of the hit reality show, you know, Christian oh, was indicted on this and that. Jewels was just in the media the, like a couple years ago. They, they raided his studio. They found Coke. Mendeecees in jail. Yandy playing the victim. This is all one big, one big thing. And and I say all that to say, you know, ladies, it's a lot of y'all out there. Not all of you, but some of y'all, y'all like dealing with these thug niggas, okay? It turns you on. You like it, you know? And you really got to be honest. Like, if you know what it is, that life does not end well. It doesn't go anywhere. They, you know, either they're going to be dead or in jail like Mendeecees. You're not, nobody just, for whatever reason, those men, they don't just walk away. Even Robert De Niro in Heat, he couldn't walk away. You know, it's always that one last thing. And you, know, so you don't know nothing about this. You're like, what, Heat? Don't you know about Heat, Corey? You don't know nothing. You know Heat's one of the best movies of all time. You didn't even see it, did you? Don't lie no, I you. haven't. Come on, no, Courtney. No, no, I no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, that's your homework assignment this week. You know you got to watch that. Do you guys out there know about Heat? Heat is regarded, and this is just a, like a known thing amongst what appears to be men, but just one of the best movies, top five movies, not just mob movies or crime movies, but just movies, period, of all time. Well, how many times can you guys see Robert De Niro and Al Pacino Sitting face to face at a dinner table, at a you know, what I mean, at a diner, you know what I mean? Just the ultimate, the ultimate movie, man. But yeah, yeah watch that movie. Y'all watching Love and Hip Hop? Watch Heat. You know what I mean? Y'all watching Love Jones? That's yo, that Heat is a real movie. But anyway, um, you know, so I just say, uh, you know, just if you're gonna do it, I don't recommend you do it. But if you're gonna do it, at least be prepared for the consequences. And there will be consequences. You know what I mean? She gets, I mean, it's just crazy when you watch it. She appears, like, no one is with someone for that amount of time, and you don't know how they get their money. Like, my wife knows how I make my money. She knows what I do. Like, I, you know, you know what I do. I sell cars. I do counseling. I'm just a hustler all around. I got got my hand in a lot of different things, you know, but she is a part of all of those things. You see what I'm saying? Mendeecees does a lot of different things. Yandy knows about those things. Okay, Chrissy knows about those things. The chick that was dealing with Jewels, what's in it? Kim Bella knows about those things. And, you know, you got to be honest about it. Um, So there's that. Um, I mean, did we miss anybody? I mean, I think the Kardashians, real quick. We can't talk about reality TV and not talk about the Kardashians. I mean, what do you say about them? You know, I think we all know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Kim and Kanye have a, you know, a, a situation. I, I say a situation because it's mutually beneficial for both of them. You know, and I'm I'm just telling you all something. Like, there, that situation is going to end badly. I've said that before. I'll say it again. And the reason why I say that is because she's a young woman who has made some mistakes in her life. 
But at the end of the day, just like most women, all she wants is love. She's got money. She's got the fame. Those are things that are important to her, obviously. But I think now she's got the baby. But now she just wants that final piece, which is love. And so she searched and searched and searched and searched and searched. But she does. She did what a lot of men, you know, do. She settled for Kanye. And I think everyone can kind of see, or maybe you can or you can't, but I can see that that's a relationship that she she's just she's settled for. You know, it's she didn't really want it, but it presented itself, and she said, "Okay, I'm going to take it and run with it." I think that Kanye. Um, is a very opportunistic person. He's got the fame. He, you know, he has the fortune. Those are things that are important to him. He wanted that trophy. Kanye grew up someone, you know, as someone who was not cool, who could not get any girl he wanted. He said that publicly, you know, growing up. Now, you know, he has that complex. Of now, because I have this fame where I can do whatever I want, I wasn't able to do those things in in high school and things in college, you know, where I wasn't really taken seriously, where I wasn't respected. Now you're going to respect me. That's his whole thing now is respect. And, you know, it's obvious that now he wants that that trophy wife just to kind of validate himself. And, you know, it's 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 one of those situations that's mutually beneficial for both of them. But you cannot build a successful relationship on, you know, out, out of really using someone. And I'm not going to say they don't enjoy each other's company, but I mean, just, I don't, I don't even want to say too much about it. I just want you to watch the news. All these situations that we talk about and have been talking about over the years, we've never been wrong. It may be just a matter of time, but, you know, everything that we've said will, will happen at some point, you know, and, um, which is unfortunate that some people have to go through these things just to to learn, just to find out the hard way. But at the end of the day, we do these shows for you guys so that you can see, wow, okay, they made these mistakes. Let me learn from their mistakes. Let me not make those same mistakes myself. So I think that's it. I think that's all the, the couples I really wanted to talk about. Um, I mean, Scott and Courtney, they have a very interesting um, relationship, Chloe and Lamar. I mean, we've said all of this. You know, Chloe and Lamar. We did a show on them. We said they'll be divorced. You know, I said that I enjoyed how the, how she treated him and like all that stuff. But we predicted that they, you know, it's going to end in about five years. You see what's going on. I told my wife when I first started watching the show. I'd even watch the Kardashians. I told her I'll get her right now on the line. I said, yo, I promise you, they'll, they'll be divorced. And I couldn't believe how they interacted with each other. Next thing you know, they're, Chris and uh, Bruce are separated. You know, no surprise. Um, so it's just a matter of time. Scott and Courtney, I promise you, they will be. They will go their separate ways within the next year or two. In fact, they'll all end up being single. The coolest one out of all of them is the, is the, uh, the little girls. Do you watch them, Courtney? Do you, do you keep up with the Kardashians? I sure don't. <laughs> I may have watched like two episodes. Oh, so you oh so oh, you well, watch I'm... these other shows. You watch the were you racist? Are you racist? <laughs> no. So with you, Courtney. You watch the black buffoonery but you don't watch the white buffoonery? You know let me finish. I've seen like two episodes but you know, I couldn't but what? Um, keep up with 
Well, wait, no, I did see um, when Courtney and Chloe take Miami. I think I saw that one, but then that's it. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting. I mean, certain shows, I mean, we might just have it on. I'll be multitasking. But, it's. I mean, it's interesting stuff. It's entertaining stuff just to watch a lot of the stuff that we, um, you know, in fact, Kim Kardashian, more than other women, you know, really represents most of the women who I work with every day. You know, the women who, like I said, it's just that, that perpetual uh, and often eternal Search for love A lot of people would like to label Kim Kardashian as a hoe You know, but I don't view her as a hoe I, Now, Kim Kardashian has done some very Like, Beyonce's a hoe Don't See, there's a very difference A lot of people try to put them in the same boat But, you know, Beyonce is an active hoe whereas, and, and, and has always put herself into hoeish situation Has always presented herself as a hoe and, and still thrives on being and exhibiting hoeish behavior. That's not Kim Kardashian, if you noticed. You know what I'm saying? Kim has done certain things. Yes, she made the sex tape. Yes, she, you know, she's a model. She poses on certain things. But when you really look at her lifestyle as we see it, you know, portrayed in the media, she she is a celebrity, but she's not out there every opportunity presenting herself as a hoe. You know what I'm saying? Her, what I believe, and I don't, obviously I don't know them personally, but from what it appears to me, is that her whole thing is just she wants to live her life. She's seeking love. She's seeking affirmation. You know, and she, like many other women out there, will go out and have sex and will go out and find themselves exhibiting hoeish behavior, but not for the sake of being a hoe because they think it's cool or desirable, but just because they weren't taught anything better. They weren't taught how to find love the right way. And and that's what makes her so relatable to most women because they see her, everyday woman, who's made a lot of the same mistakes that they've made. A lot of you ladies, you guys may look at her however you look at her, but she's no different from you. I mean, how many men have you dated and end up having sex with, and then the end up you find out that he was a, a an asshole, a bastard? You thought that he was cool, but he turned out to be a jerk. But you just happened to sleep with him. How many times has that happened in your life? What, seven, eight times, ten, eleven times? Deal with somebody for a year, slept with them, find out it didn't work out. Okay, I mean your number right now stands at about fourteen or fifteen guys. That's not so different from Kim Kardashian. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. So just you know, I would and I would just encourage you all to just say, hey, you know what? You know, be careful about judging because we talked about this on the Grammy special. We actually defined the word judging. And what a lot of people do, a lot of people use that term incorrectly. But you know, what with this situation is actually a great example of how people actually judge incorrectly not like the word says to judge righteously but they're just judging but they're judging the the speck in someone else's eye but not seeing the log in their own eye they're judging kim kardashian for being a quote-unquote hoe when they've actually done and in many cases are still doing the same thing sexually that she did that she did and, and ironically, are actually hoping 
for the same result that she got, not knowing how it's going to end, but still have had the sex that she's had, have dated the athletes, the rappers, the ballers, or whatever, and now we're hoping that one of those situations will end in a ring and a baby. But yet they judge her like she's the scum of the earth. How's that for irony, Courtney? That's so true. That just reminded me of the um, experiment that she did in the friends group about what would you rate Kim um, Kardashian. And I saw the responses. It it was more than just the number. It was like you know people had to give a re- the reason why they rated her, and then the main reasons that went back to her personal life and the decisions that she made, and that's what they based their rating off of, not how she actually looks. Right. So that that was a good example of that. Absolutely, and that's why I did the experiment. And you guys, if you notice, if you missed our show uh, the other night where we actually went into detail on, you know, on that little experiment, you know, I didn't ask y'all nothing about her background. I just said strictly off looks. And there was a lot of hate on that thread, um, you know, specifically because, you know, one, just, you know, many women are insecure, you know, about their looks. And I just, and I hate, no disrespect to anybody, but I don't want to hear anybody saying anything about Kim Kardashian from a physical perspective unless you look better than Kim Kardashian. I'm, and that's, I'm just being honest because that's, that's where it becomes hate. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't sit there and say she's average if you're average. You know, don't sit there and say she's ugly if, you know what I'm saying, if you're ugly or, you know what I'm saying, or you don't look better than her and you're calling her. Like, let's just be sensible here. You know, what I mean? let's not go crazy. You know, and that's no disrespect to anyone because I feel like we're all beautiful in our own way. But when you start hating based on insecurities within your own self, that that may, that's unattractive. Kim Kardashian is an attractive woman, so that no one should be saying she's ugly. No one should be saying that she's unattractive based on the things that she's done. You know, personally, that's just that would just be ludicrous. You know, and because I mean, come on, Courtney, don't don't you you know what I'm talking about? There were a lot of women on that thread who clearly, and I'm just being honest, don't look better than Kim Kardashian, but we're saying that she was ugly. And for me, that's crazy. Right. I just think my thing is beauty is within the eye of the beholder, but it was obvious just because the comments that came after. It wasn't like, it was some women that just answered the question and then others that answered it and said, well, this is why, because she did blah, blah, blah. Somebody gave her two I would never. I would personally would not give her to, but yeah. I mean, it was it was uncalled for the responses. I actually had someone message me um, after you did that experiment because they um, had to do some self reflection after they responded. Wow, that's deep. They responded negatively. Yes, and they felt bad about it, and they actually embarrassed me about it. Yeah, more power to them. I respect whoever that was. More power mm-hmm. to you because you know too. it. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with making a mistake, you know. And but it's the 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 worst part of making a mistake is to not ever self reflect about that mistake so that you cannot make that mistake in the future. All right, guys. So you know that's our show for tonight. I thank you all for listening. Um, you know, I just want to talk a little about a little bit about, about reality. And and as you see from tonight's show, um, you know, reality is is just that you know it's reality reality tv is actually very indicative of what goes on in the black community as well as 
the country on a large scale. And, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not advocating it. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, everybody go out and watch reality. But I'm just saying, you know, be very careful with looking down on it, pointing your finger at it, you know, when in reality what they're going through in many cases is what you've been through and even maybe some of your loved ones and friends and and family are still going through. You know, it's just not being played out, you know, in the media. I, You know, today I probably, was this was a light day, I probably did about four sessions today and normally doing about seven or eight sessions per day. And the vast majority of women that I'm working with privately can relate to everything that we're talking about on on uh, on on you know tonight's show as well as other shows. So you know, just use these shows if you watch them to um, you know just to kind of see what not to do and uh, maybe some things that you can do better. So uh, you know, if you guys need any type of private counseling or you're going through something, we're going to be doing a lot more couples counseling. I have an office here in Philly. If you guys are in the Philadelphia, Jersey, Delaware area, and you and you you know you want to do some marriage counseling or um, you know relationship counseling, you're going dealing with somebody and you want a, a you know a third opinion, an alternate perspective. Definitely reach out to me. My office is off of City Line Avenue. If you're here in this area, um, you can schedule an appointment eight five five fifty five Daydon. Uh, email me at Daydon at trctoday.com. Uh, or if you're, you know, outside of this city, uh, nationally, internationally, wherever I work with a number of women over in the England area, uh, United Kingdom, um, you know, so definitely uh, reach out. Wherever you're listening from, definitely reach out, um, and uh, we can definitely, you know, do some uh, do some teleconferencing. Uh, look out for the new book, How to Win the Heart of an Elite Man in 365 Days or Less, coming this summer. Courtney also has a book coming out, uh, which uh, at this point, am I am I right, Courtney? Yes, yeah, I do. Courtney has okay. a book coming out this summer. In fact, I mean, is there anything you want to say about it, just to let people know what they should expect? Yeah, so this book is is very real. You know, you guys hear about you know my testimonies on the show, but you know it's only so much you know, that we can cover in three hours. And so this this book is an opportunity for you to get a glimpse of, you know, basically everything I went through from childhood, you know, until now. Um, the majority of it is um, based off of, you know, my real-life experiences. And um, I know that and I've gotten some great feedback. A lot of people said that, like, wow, you know, I can relate to a lot of the things you went through. So it's expect realness. And so I'm so excited about it. I'm so, so excited about it. And I know that you guys are in for a treat. Absolutely. So look at, look out for that a little bit um, later on in the summer. And, um, you know, if, if you guys, I've got a chance to read, you know, several chapters from the book uh, that Courtney's working on. And, and if you guys enjoyed my my novel, The Love We Had, uh, which which people love specifically because of the realness, because it is, you know, ninety. I'd say ninety percent based on my life. Derek is me. Um, you know, for the most part, a lot of a lot of fictional things, but a lot of real things in there as well. I would definitely say, you know, check out. Uh, you know, check out her book this summer when it comes out. Um, so that's it, guys. I appreciate you for listening in. You know how we do it. Probably come back live a little bit later on in the week. Um, other than that, listen to us three hundred sixty-five days a year, seven days a week. We don't take any days off, whether we're live, whether we're archived. It's all real. So thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you all tomorrow night. Peace.
control will motivate you, girl. A date on be a motivation, child. A date on to overcome and rock your world. Mm. A date on be a motivation, child. A date on to motivate you, girl. A date on be a motivation, child. A date on to overcome and change your world. Don't ever let yourself settle for that. Date on tour, motivated you, girl. Let date on be your motivation, child. Let date on tour, come and change your world. 